So the question is not what could I work on? It's what should I work on? So what should I give my focus to? So the idea mm-hmm. of how to determine what's priority or focusing on what, what matters most. Cause you could say, uh, if you ask that question, what could I work on again? You could name a, a bunch yeah, of, of course you can name yep. things that you're good at. You can name things that are interesting to you. Um, but the qu- the key question is what should I work on? Hey George, Dan, what do you uh, what do you got for us today? Well, I wanted to bring a topic to you, to us collectively as a whole, mm-hmm. coming together. The idea of focusing on what matters most. I feel like a little apropos, you know, the the season we're in, season mm. around the end of year. A lot of times you look back, how did you know? How did the previous year go? But you're also looking forward and like, okay, you know, whether it's a new year's resolution or what are you, or know. just running like heck from 2020. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. That's right. You truly want to look at focusing on what matters most. So there's this topic that came up both in a book that we've been reading, but also uh, one of our team members, um, Alexa, our director of marketing, also attended a webinar around this idea of work and specifically uh, A work versus B work and C work, which I I, I think is- like the letter A. Yeah. Work. A Sorry. work, B work, C work. So like, you know, you get a grade in school. Um, but again, we're not talking school here. I'm getting I want to talk about thinking about it. I, mm, I, don't, I never I liked know. the grading process. I still have, every once in a while, nightmares where yep. I didn't turn an assignment. Oh, yeah. Or you show up to class without any pants on. And I what, wake up and I'm too. I'm like, wow, I, I don't want to go back there. Anywho. Okay. So Not how what this is about. Right. How to determine the work that has to be right, uh, that we have to get right as a team, as a company, mm. versus work that is okay if it fails. So off the cuff, George, what are your thoughts on that? How does that sit with you? Yeah, I wanna I wanna explore this a little bit because my default response as the innovation guy, right? <clears throat> is that everything should be safe to, to fail. Mm-hmm. And so my, my off the cuff response is what, what makes something important enough that mm-hmm. it can't fail. Right. Uh, or it shouldn't fail, or maybe it's, it, you know, your, your mechanisms of fail, failure have more redundancy or something. Right. Um, my second off the cuff is, how how do you even start down that road? You it's know, like daunting. yeah, yeah. That's that's. I I mean I I struggle already just as a distracted, kind of, I don't know, a distracted mind of <laughs> of prioritizing in general. So this is this one's a maybe maybe there's a lesson I need to learn. So I'm, I'm oh, with so you that's interesting. So I think it can be different for individuals that maybe have a proclivity towards, um easier to stay on task versus those that want to try, start something, try it, uh, try yep. multiple different things. So the idea of novel. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm definitely an experimenter. So I want to, I want to try a bunch of things and figure out what works, what feels right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, testing things, throwing things against the wall, against the yep. wall. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yep. Which we would say at Crema is a good thing. We want to stay curious. We want to be a, a exploratory experiment, but we also, um, we also have what we call my what we call the vital few, or what are those core group of goals 
strategic initiatives that we know that we're confident in that we have to get right. If this is, if we want to go in this direction, these things have to fall in place. So there's that, there's a tension there already. So mm-hmm. some questions and ideas to consider, uh, and then we'll get into it. So in any given day, there are numerous decisions that need to be made on what we work on. I think we would both agree with that. that yeah, of course. Uh, no matter what level you're in an organization, if you were to actually be able to, because you'll forget, but if you were able to log every decision or that you had to make on a task, it would be endless. And if you want to get philosophical, you could say that your task list is eternal. It never goes away. That's right. There's no matter always what, work if you're in leadership, do. all the way down to the practitioner, right. to you know the grunt person, if you will, Right. Um, they're all making decisions on how they do their work, what they're doing next, how they focus, what how they don't focus, et cetera. Right, yeah. right. Always work to be done. So the question is not what could I work on, it's what should I work on? So what should I give my focus to? So the idea mm-hmm. of how to determine what's priority or focusing on what, what matters most. Because you could say, uh, if you ask that question, what could I work on? Again, you could name a, a bunch yeah, of, of course. You can name yep. things that you're good at. You can name things that are interesting to you. Um, but the, qu- the key question is, what should I work on? And then what you alluded to earlier is, where do you start? How do you determine what that priority is? So hard. Is super difficult. Um, and I think we would all agree that we have a litmus test that we use to determine what's important and what's not. Sure. So how do we ensure that we're using the right litmus test is really the question we're trying to get here. If you're to focus on what, what matters most and you want to be able to prioritize, what's that rubric or what's that litmus test that you throw everything else against? Um, and if it can stick great, but if it just crumbles, then it might not be what you need to work on. And I feel like that litmus test may not be binary or may not even be a spectrum of one axis, but might be multiple axes of, of, mm-hmm. of different factors that fit into what's important. Right. Absolutely. As, as, course, t- as Tyler, our, um, our strategist here would say, it's probably got a two by two involved, two by two diagram. It's 4D. That's not That's right. 2D. That's right. That's right. Okay, good. Um, so I thought I like to think in analogies. It helps me kind of like clear my mind when we go down these mind experiments. But um, so I was thinking about, okay, how would I in my own daily life determine what's priority? And I thought, okay, if I was outside mowing the lawn, you know, something that needs to get done. It's not really this task. time of year, but yeah, not, not this time of year. Yeah, I get it. Go, go back to Ju- June, go back to yeah. June, you know, yeah. grass is growing well, it's thick. You're pretty much mowing every other day at that yeah. point. Yeah, I get it. Um, again, it's something you have to do and you're doing it. It's a priority at the moment, but then someone comes, uh, maybe a neighborhood kid runs up to you and says, Hey, you need to come fast. Your, your son or your daughter hurt themselves like really bad. You would my, drop my every- default response to be like, did they really, are they all right? Are That's they just true. Complaining? That's true. I think <laughs> I might do the same thing, but the point is, is that you would drop everything. You would yeah, turn off the mower and you would run right to your kid. Now the other way around you're outside, maybe playing with, um, your child, um, playing in the yard, maybe you're riding bikes or whatever. And the person who leads your HOA drives by and says, your lawn is too short mm. you, or you're going to get fined. In that moment, you still may not drop what you're doing to do it because it's not priority in the moment, but spending time with your children is the priority in the moment. And so for me, that's like, okay, what the litmus test is, would I, would I drop everything what I'm doing right now and run to that or to not? Go to, a, yeah. to go address it. I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah. So just some level of analogy of like, okay, in general, maybe a life question is like, do I need to drop everything right now and run to this? Does this take priority? 
Yeah. And even that's on a spectrum, right? Sure. Totally. But, but it does help. A lot of nuance. Oh gosh, everything's gray. But I think that does help you to think through, is this, is this something that I need to address, you know, now, now I want to challenge on that though, because I know we talk about, you know, it's the, uh, Covey's quadrants, right? Yep. And importance versus urgency. Yeah. Right. So in that, in, in your analogy, your child potentially being hurt, which I've had that situation. Um, <laughs> I was driving home and my daughter had closed her finger in the door and the finger may or may not have been completely <laughs> attached. Right. And so, yeah, there was a sense of both urgency. Timing is important here. And importance. Importance. <laughs> right. So, yeah, totally. of course, we're going to take care of that quickly. Now, maybe my, maybe she stubbed a toe. Well, Okay maybe not as urgent, still important, you know, I want to make mm-hmm. sure she gets bandaged up and, and that she's okay. But, um, but maybe the urgency of it isn't as critical. Um, and so I think that's one thing is because you can start to justify in your mind that everything's urgent. Right. Um, okay. That's true. Yeah. So again, analogies break down and that one breaks down after a while. No, it's helpful though. But yeah. yeah. So as we look at priority, um, so let's talk about our company for a second here. Uh, George, at any given moment, how many projects or tasks are on your list or even what about Crema's list? Oh, man. Well, let's let's think. Crema, I mean, gosh, that list has grown as we've grown, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether it's things that we're thinking about for leadership, whether it's things we're thinking about for sales, marketing. I mean, you're talking dozens, uh, if, if not more. Mm-hmm of like relatively important things to be done. Now we have a vital few that kind of narrow those down into buckets or themes of things that we know we need to focus in on. Mm-hmm. But in general, I mean, across the company, yeah, a lot. Um, for me personally, I have worked on reducing some of that by handing off some responsibilities or kind of removing myself as bottleneck on a couple of different things. But I would still say, you know, good, strong six to 10 on in any given day, mm-hmm. which is way more than is recommended just as a side mm-hmm. note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it depends on, there's a difference between the number of your tasks and the weightiness of your tasks. Of course. And I think what we found, um, as you grow in your leadership, your task list might get a little bit shorter, but the tasks themselves become weighty. And so the, the time and dedication to those is just the same as if you had, if you had two of those versus, you know, 15 other tasks. Mm -hmm. So just Mm -hmm. this idea of, again, so even though your task list may shorten, don't get, don't get all excited. uh, Cause your, your focus may be delivered towards tasks that are extremely weighty to the organization. Yeah. And that goes back to what we've been talking about as as far as like influence. So I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot Mm -hmm. more of my tasks are less about me having to go produce and or make big decisions even, but mm-hmm. instead, what do I need to speak into? What do I need to um, have influence in? Right. And that, that weights more on my, um, on my daily activity now. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So before we get into maybe just some helpful guidelines that would be helpful to our listeners as far as how or the best way, yeah, how to determine what's priority, backing up a little bit and just some uh, just some thoughts we have as to the why uh, determining priority um, is extremely important. So um, one one of those being can't work 
on all things with equal performance. We talk a lot about switching costs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in organization. Organization, George, what are switching costs? Yeah, I struggle with this. It's it's really easy to think. I think we maybe as Western thinkers, uh, specifically mm-hmm. modern Western thinkers, have this idea that we can multitask. Mm-hmm. Right? It's impossible. It's Just proven like, to be impossible. Yeah, and <laughs> and even worse than impossible what we're actually asking for our brain to do is to switch context quickly. And, and our brain's not actually really good at that. Our, our brain is more like a flywheel. Once it gets focused in on something, it wants to finish through. It wants to stay focused on that as long as possible to make sure that you know it has a single track. Mm-hmm. When you're then saying, hey, jump from this one thought mm-hmm. exercise, this one space, this mental arena to another, you know, so whether it's maybe I'm going from, I'm going to work on a user experience design. I'm actually going to be moving some pixels. I'm going to be thinking through how the product works, the user experience, how the user is going to flow through it. And then I'm going to jump out of that maybe to a completely different project. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start writing some front end code for it. Well, right. not at all. I mean, you just have so many areas there. So the switching cost, and it depends on the person, but the switching cost comes both from time mm-hmm. and actual ability. So how long it takes you to actually switch, and yep. then also um, how how well you switch. So you may yep. think that you've switched over pretty well, but actually you're not executing all that well. Right. The time to go between tasks, especially um, if they're the what we're calling the A work right now, those things that you yep. uh, that you do believe are priority, they just take a lot of time. And I think I feel like early on in in the days of Crema. We had a hard time doing this because we were small and we wanted to accomplish a lot. We were driven to, we can do a lot of different things. And we ended up, I think, even though we would do fairly well, we would get to the point of like, we just didn't get to everything or we didn't Mm -hmm. get to everything as good as we would have liked. We didn't achieve the level of excellence we we set out for ourselves. And I think, you know, just that old um, adage of going a mile wide, but only an inch deep. Mm-hmm. is you can you can go so wide you can work on so many different things but if you only go an inch deep you're selling yourself and your organization short because you're just not really diving as deep with as much excellence with as much dedication to that as you, as you would be able to well and i <clears throat> something i've struggled with and, and this is again going back to personality different people are going to have different uh, acclimates to be able to to handle this better or worse um mine is i'm, I'm a starter i have a hard time finishing well and so what I end up doing is thinking, oh, I want to go switch and start on something else. When in reality, the the previous task actually didn't get to the point of value um, yeah. before I switched over to the other thing. And right. so I, it may have been an A task that I really needed to see all the way through, but I would switch over to a B or C or even maybe another A, a task, but it distracted me from ever seeing that A through to what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's uh, again, a personality, but also something that takes a lot of discipline and intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. So as you are on your team and you're thinking through what that, uh, what those most important, those vital fear, the A work, uh, what those tasks are, um, it just takes time. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time. Don't, don't fool yourself to think that you could accomplish 10 really big things in the year. Now, maybe if you have a really big team, possibly, but we're a team of 43 and we try to narrow down to the top four, um, five at most, simply because there's a lot of work that goes into it. Now, Uh, I will say, I want to balance that A does not, an A task does not mean 
let's let me maybe challenge or push back on on this idea. Does an A task mean it's a big task? Right. So what I'm saying is that you may have an A task that is actually something that's relatively a short-term accomplishable thing, meaning I can do it in, you know, in a period of whatever short for you, a week, a day. Yep. The impact of it is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. So it is priority. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, A lot of time people, people take whatever is the biggest task and says that is the most important thing. We've actually found that sometimes the biggest tasks are the smallest things. You know, it Mm -hmm. is saying I'm going to prioritize this small discipline activity because the impact of it will affect the bigger things I need to do later. Right. Maybe aren't as important, but they just take more time. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into this, but the don't view, um, we're trying to be provocative with A, B, and C work. Don't view A work as it's so much more important than B or C work or Mm -hmm. that um, the performance is so much better or that um, B work and C work is just eh. We'll just shuffle yeah. it to the side. Yeah. What we're talking about is the different difference between work that we know um, that the margin for error has a bigger impact than work that may have a very large margin for error. So when it comes down to innovation, when it comes down to experimenting and being curious, right. that's the hallmark we're talking about here, which we'll get into a little bit. But when you think of A work and B work, think of what work do we have to get right because the margin for failure margin for error is smaller mm-hmm. versus um, work that is still important, but the margin of error, that's uh, quite a, it's pretty big because we're experimenting here. And if failure happens, it's not as impactful to the organization. So just to clarify that a little bit for anyone who's listening. I was reading last night, <clears throat> we're reading through this book, um, the Netflix, no rules, rules. Um, is it Hastings? Mm-hmm. And what's Reed? Um, and, and Aaron Meyer. Yeah. Um, and I'm on the chapter that he's talking about where he actually claims his biggest failure. And it was, it was basically around the idea that he wanted to split two divisions and make the DVD sales when they were still, you know, delivering DVDs. Do they still do that? Is there still a, a branch of the of Netflix that actually still do that? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, they were delivering DVDs and doing the online subscriptions. And he said, well, those are two separate management things. It's a fulfillment, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to split those into two. We'll manage them as separate subscriptions. There'll be separate billing and all this, right? Well, of course, it jacked up the price for all the consumers. Consumers had a huge like, uh, this was, they did not like it. Mm -hmm. Ton of bad press. Stock price dropped by like 75%. It It was a huge failure. And you could wager to say that that would, that was an A activity because of the impact it had. Now he may or may not have known that that was an A activity, but their whole adage is even when an A activity fails, sunlight it, or basically like expose it, let everybody know it was a right. failure. I'm sorry. This back to the business in a big way. Um, and we're going to refocus, we're going to reprioritize and fix it. Right. But I remember thinking, how, how would you have known that before? Right. How would you have known that 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 decision would have had that level of impact. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that still goes back to that priority of how do you know that it's, mm-hmm. it's an A activity where it's going to have that potential risk reward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they ask their uh, Netflix example, they ask mm-hmm. their employees to 
to help to determine that yeah. what what might happen or what could be the cost of failure yeah. um, and to incorporate that into their process and then as they expose it mm -hmm. uh, to be transparent and reveal that so in that case like what might have been uh, which we now know um, pretty drastic Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're doing fine now, but at that moment in time, pretty drastic consequences to, yeah. to that failure. Aaron Dignan with the Brave New Work um, uh, and the Ready, he talks about doing a pre-mortem. And so mm -hmm. what they'll sometimes do is they'll actually say, let's do the mental exercise of asking ourselves, if this thing were to fail, what's the worst that would happen? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, uh, it's, well, we'd have to start over or we would have lost two weeks worth of work or whatever. Sometimes it's like, our shareholders will, you know, go, go running to the Hills. Right. Okay. Well then maybe we take this a little more seriously, you know? Right. Uh, and so I think that by doing that little bit of mental exercise up front, as you're evaluating mm -hmm. the priority of your tasks, it helps a ton. Mm -hmm. Again, not, not easy. It's, it yeah. takes intentionality. Yep. Um, a couple more things on uh, the why of determining priority. So uh, one thing is um, what I've heard called emissional drift or the idea of getting off mm -hmm. course or forgetting what's important. Mm -hmm. You know, all companies have um, a mission or a purpose uh, that's long lasting and even on an annual basis, a strategic direction. They've determined that this is important for us to get to this point by the end of this year yep. or whatever that may look like. And if you're trying a lot of different things, it can be easy to forget which path are we on? Uh -huh. <laughs> this idea of like, if you don't know what path you're on, uh, or if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can just go on any path. And uh, if you start to tackle so many different things, because you haven't determined what's priority, you could be on many different paths and you start asking yourself, where were we going right. again? Right. So this idea of missional drift or getting off course, um, it's easy to forget what's important if you've got so many different things going on at once. Yeah. And I, I think keep that in mind, keep that in balance with it's okay to experiment mm -hmm. because that's what we're talking about in mm -hmm. previous episodes. We're talking mm -hmm. about innovation and testing, but all of that testing needs to be pointed towards your purpose. Um, so if you're starting to start testing different purposes, maybe now you're off course. Right. Um, so make sure that as you're experimenting and testing on things, you have a really, as, as much as possible, a direct line back to your, your missional purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. And it's that statement. It's that statement of what is priority. I mean, that's the whole essence of determining what's priority. Mm -hmm. uh, if you determine what's important to you, you're not going to keep it in. You're going to let people know right. that this is what we've determined as priority. And these things, i.e. the B work or the C work, are, we, are the things that we've, we're going to give ourselves a lot of leniency and leeway to experiment with these ideas over here. But that's you right. name it and you determine it. Yep. Um, one thing I love, uh, I've seen someone do this, I think on a video, but also live when, especially when they start talking about Covey's quadrant theory is that if you can fit the big rocks in first, the sand then fits all around it. Mm -hmm. But if you put the sand in the bucket first, the big rocks have nowhere to go. So it's right. just a really good mental image as we start talking about priority is if you put the big rocks in first, yeah, those little things can definitely fit around it and even yep. become part um, of that mixture versus the other way around. So. And it's not to say you can't put a big rock in and pour some sand in and then put a big rock in and pour some sand in. Cause a lot of people go, yep. I can only take big rocks and I can, well, right. no, there's still like, even today, I told you earlier today, Dan, I, I know you need to talk to me about some big end of year financial things. I've got to get a few GTD things done that I'm just behind my sand mm -hmm. is, has not been addressed. And I need to just kind of <laughs> get through that sand to kind of get back to create the space where I right. can 
not be mentally distracted, talking about the switching cost again, because my brain's over here thinking about all the sand that I, I haven't gotten to, mm-hmm. even though there are still some more big rocks to pick up. Yeah. So understanding when it's okay to switch over to that B and then come back to the A, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the key question is there, what did you put in the bucket first? Right. Yeah, what are you putting in the bucket first? Yep, yep. Um, okay. So as, as we look at how some of the things that we do at CRIMA that are really important to us that are really serve as that, that litmus test or that backbone to help us determine what's our priority. So first we start with our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, um, we've had our purpose, our mission for a long time, but we spent a lot of time the first part of this year to, um, consolidate both, um, our purpose, our values and our core competencies into what we're calling the CRIMA core. Um, that's what we've determined is if we can't connect what we're doing back to this, right. Then it shouldn't be a priority. It doesn't need to be something that we, um, put a ton of time in now. Maybe we put it on like the parking lot and look at it a little bit later, but if it can't connect to the core, um, then investing time in it may not be the wisest investment. Yeah. And it's, again, especially if you're trying to be an innovative organization, which a lot of our clients, a lot of, and even ourselves, we do, it can be really easy to think, well, I've got to try everything. It's like, mm-hmm. I need to buy a 3D printer. I'm like, no, we don't do hardware. So like, we, maybe we don't need a 3D printer to distract or, you know, like I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do autonomous cars. I want to do all these other things. It's like, no, what is the purpose of your organization, of your team, of yourself, of your role? Right. Um, come back to that as much as physically possible. Um, it's very easy to get sidetracked. Well, and we've even seen our clients, um, those that we work with directly can get fairly frustrated when the question comes up or even the mandate of like, I need you to go innovate. Because <laughs> the, the questions that come to mind are innovate on what and why? Like, where are we going? So even when you innovate, innovating for just the sake of innovating, though fun, you have to ask yourself, where where are we going with this? What's the purpose of this innovation? And so that's where we, as a, as a company desire to start is, okay, let's, let's look at our core. Mm -hmm. Um, and is this what's important? The other aspect is, is what, um, when we've talked about this a lot are the principles around our framework, you know, the postures, disciplines, and structures that may, though these may not be our core company values, these are principles that we that we live by or we work by mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the idea that if someone, um, whether it's a client or whether it's ourselves looking pr- primarily internally, this is the way we want to work. This is the way we want to show up to work. This is the way we want to show up when we work on a, on a product with a client. This is the way we want to treat each other when we're in a meeting. And if we can't connect something that's, pr- if, if it goes against those principles, then it's a pretty easy, well, then this probably isn't priority. Yeah, and our framework tri- our framework tries to uh, um, accommodate for both our attitudes, our feelings, our thinking, as well as our doing, and then as well as the the things that constrain or enable us to do that work, right? And so when we start thinking about all those pieces in play, it makes it a lot easier to say if any of this is breaking outside of what we believe to be true in each of those arenas, mm-hmm. then then we can immediately come back and there's a lot of yellow red flags that start shooting up in people's brains. Like, hey, wait, this isn't us. This isn't right. this isn't how we work. This isn't this isn't how we feel. Um, that's arrogant. Mm-hmm. This is this is disrespectful. This isn't there's no humility here. 
right. oh, well, those are all, those are all principles that are wrapped into the way that we think about great work being done. Right. Yep. Good. Um, okay. So I want to move on a little bit. Okay. So then the question is what about the, so when we determine what's important or the vital few or annual goals, whatever your organization calls that, what about what's left over? Mm-hmm. How do you view that? Um, you know, we use a lot of different tools when we're in person, you know, we're in a conference room, a strategy room with the whiteboard, but we use Miro a lot now that we're virtual and we have, you know, a parking lot or mm-hmm. something we might say, let's, let's put a pin in that, come back to that later. It's these right. ideas that come up of like, oh, those are interesting. Probably not priority right now, but definitely worth coming back to. Those are the types of ideas that we're talking about here. Um, so first thing that came to mind was it is healthy to purge. So, and I think individually, all of us are, it can get to a certain point where it's just like, you know, you, you organize the basement, you organize the garage, you clear it out, you get organized and like, oh my gosh, I feel so much less cluttered. Oh man. After the Christmas season, I'm so ready to take down the decorations. I know have the house back to just being like, I mean, it's cute. I like the stockings. I yeah. like the lights. I like the tree. Right. Just clutter. Right. So much clutter. Absolutely. And so some of those ideas that we get, it's easy to be like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to purge our organization of this. This sticking note mm. may not be important to, to hold on to. Yeah. Um, we've determined it's not a priority. We, that can be good. It builds healthy rhythms of, again, focusing on what's important, what's not. It declutters the mind and our desks, literally. Um, oh, I don't want to look it down. I'm just not going to look down. Right I know. Now. I'm not looking at my desk. I've got so many books on my desk that I'm trying to get through. Again, are those big rocks? I'm not sure. I know. I walk in my office like, what is going on in here? Who's doing mm-hmm. this? Why um, do I have Tums on my desk? I haven't had heartburn in months. <laughs> um, however, so there's a huge however here. Yeah. It's also healthy to remain curious. Yeah. We love that word at Crema. It's a word that we use often. It signifies when you're working with other people, signifies empathy, a desire to put yourself in another person's shoes. So you're curious about them. Mm-hmm. But it also, when you think about the actual tangible work we're doing on a product or a project, um, whatever that may look like, curiosity, there's this, um, there's this idea of like, what if this product was built this way, or what if I took this project this direction? So there's this aspect of of curiosity exploring. I think that those can happen usually at at similar points in time too. So for example, we're doing our venture lab, right? We're getting ready to wrap up for the year. And I stepped in to help with one of our teams and they had a decent backlog of work that they wanted to get done for their project, for their app. But the backlog had become pretty stale. There's a lot of clutter. There was a lot of things in there. It's like, man, this is not important for getting this thing up and out when, you know, we've only got a few days to work on it in a year. And so what, what one of our product managers encouraged me to do is to say, why don't you go through the backlog and literally delete anything that's not important? Like take a snapshot of it, that's fine, put it someplace else and then get it out of your way. Just get it out of your mental mm-hmm. space. Then ask the team, how might we, which is a question we ask a lot, how might we refocus back to the purpose of this app? What are the three, two, one features that need to be there to launch? Mm-hmm. And that's all we focus on. And so it just is, it's literally just a de- decluttering of your mind, getting back to what are, the, what are those A things. 
it's not that we won't come back to some of the B ideas that we want to do at some point. Right. Like, they're really good ideas. Right. But we also know there's a constraint of time, budget, resources, and you know, those are our structures, right? Yeah. Um, that we have to come back to and say, okay, no, the discipline right now is that we've explored a lot. Now we have to figure out how we're going to contribute to actually get something done. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Learning comes from being a learning organization. It comes from those small investments, those small risks, but within a, an, an environment where that's full of, of safety and, and knowledge that experimenting is okay. Yeah. That this, if this experiment fails, that's okay. And that's what we mean by the B work. So wrapping it all into where again, A work, yes, it's priority, but that doesn't mean B work again. It's not A team and B team. Um, it's not, you know, a primary secondary it's B work. It's, it may not be determined as the priority right now, right. But from a level of innovation, it's that work we want to experiment because there's still high potential for learning. Yes. It's those moments of like, let's finish this meeting. And I want to come back to this afterwards. Mm -hmm. This is, has piqued my curiosity, you know, the a potential for breakthrough could be in this idea. And a B activity may shift to being an A activity. That's exactly right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think the only thing that maybe I would just mentally push back on, mm. at least in our culture, is maybe not making it as extreme as saying the A work can't fail. Mm. Anything's possible to fail. Everything's a risk reward, no matter what decision you make. We, we can't guarantee the future. We can't predict a pandemic. We can't, you know, big decisions were made before March of 2020 at organizations mm -hmm. that were A decisions in organizations, having no idea what the next three months would hold or the next nine months, 10 months, where are we at now? Mm -hmm. But understanding that you evaluate those things on an ongoing basis and you ask, okay, well, I do need to prioritize. How can I do a pre-mortem? How, how can I ask myself, what, are the, what would the impact of this be if I do it or I don't do it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing that little bit of mental exercise, giving myself space to sit in it for a second and process that, yep. that's, um, that's pretty crucial. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think enough organizations take the time and patience to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think a good follow-up question, or maybe to add on to what do we need to get right is if we don't get this right, how how how, how bad will it hurt? Yeah. Not if we don't do this, we won't be able to come back from it. Because you can come back from it as if you're an agile organization <laughs> that can adapt and pivot um, and refocus yourselves. However, if we don't get this right, it the impact, it it'll hurt. There's there's a big cost to that. That's another good litmus question to ask yourself on right. if, if we fail at this, will it hurt? Not really. Not really. It's like, okay, well, let's experiment. Go after yeah. it. See what happens. If you fail, great. What'd you learn? And if it's too big, maybe ask the question of how might we de-risk this? Mm -hmm. How might we actually run a smaller experiment that has less risk that actually would bring that level of impact or that level of jumping off a cliff down a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, and so you can actually take away from the um, the fear and the anxiety of stepping into yep. an A activity. If you've actually yep. set up a rhythm of saying, no, we actually de-risk the RAs on a pretty regular basis. Yep. You know, that's, that's a normal activity for us. Yep. 
Absolutely. So a few things here running up on time mm. uh, on how do you manage that tension? Because as you could hear in our conversation, it's this, yes, determining priority and that A work is absolutely important, but it's also absolutely important that you really seriously investigate that that B work or that in, that work that to where experimenting could lead to breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we fail, it won't hurt as much. So how do, how do you manage that t- that tension? First thing is you, you just, it, it sounds I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You've got to, you've got to determine what's priority. What's yeah. priority to the organization? Yeah. Um, having that state rigorous, it. yes, rigorous discipline of meeting together and then state the direction and what's priority based on that direction. And come back to it almost excessively. Yes. Like there's nothing wrong with people hearing your purpose and your mission and your values over and over and over again. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think then kind of to go off of that, and this is the tension that we've been talking about, it is having that equal balance of, of that curiosity mm-hmm. and kind of the safety to take some risks. Um, yep. if, if organizations and teams don't take risks, they will become obsolete vi- much faster than they want to admit. Mm-hmm. So that has to happen. But again, um, ask yourselves what the impact of these decisions might be. Yep. What are the, what's the, op- maybe, maybe don't think about it in the negative. What's the opportunity? So, a lot of times people think, how can this fail? This right. can, how's it going to fail? It's all, it's, this is the worst thing. What's the worst thing that can happen? Instead, go maybe shift that perspective. Of what's the best thing that can happen? Right. You know, um, and then, then you allow yourself to not be in a mindset of scarcity. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and go and to de- abundance. Developing a culture and environment of safety is not an easy thing, but it's a must thing. It's, um, and you do that by giving people permission to fail. If they giving people permission to come to you with feedback on, I'm not for sure if this is the right direction and being able to respond with, well, tell me more about that. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you had to make the decision, what would you have done? Well, I might've done this. Okay. We'll go experiment with that. Yeah. Go let's, let's see how it goes. Um, really creating that, that ability for someone to ask questions, to question, question leadership, uh, but also ask those good questions. Like I see what you're going, but what if we went a different way? Um, and then I think for, uh, for us, we always talk about doing excellent work, right? But I think it's always important to say we're not striving for perfection. Yeah. There's a difference. <clears throat> there really is a difference. Of course, everybody wants to do excellent work, but sometimes when I talk to people, it's like, man, they're, they're really demanding perfection. And that can be scary. Honestly, it, is. it, it goes back really to that scary. feelings wheel where we talked about the first time I asked people, how are they feeling? They were both excited for the challenge. And they were anxious about whether or not they were qualified to actually carry that challenge out. And I think that that is normal. Um, but also giving yourself grace to know that there's room margin for error that we're all learning. Yep. Now that comes back to leadership, mm-hmm. willing to have that grace as well yep. and understand that a person needs to take some risks. They're going to make mistakes. They're, you know, they're going to fail. They're going to, and, but helping them to get back up. Um, yeah, and model that. Yeah, that's a posture yep. that has to be modeled, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. So, A work and B work. Not not in pri- uh, primary, secondary. Not in necessarily the level um, of of importance from. Oh, this is the A work. We all focus on this, and this is just the menial B work. But what does it look like to continue to practice that discipline of working with your team to make sure that everyone knows what's priority, that it's stated, that you're working on in the same direction but also that tension and that balance 
of wanting to make sure that when we look at that B work or that exploratory work, that we are able to take those risks. Because again, that's where breakthrough can come in um, and it can help your organization learn and become more well, well-rounded. So, yeah. I like it. I'm going to ask good. you, I'm going to ask you a hard question on the way out then. Oh, do it. I'm going to put you on the spot. <gasps> what's, what's an A work activity that's top that you can share that's top of mind, that's top of your priority list right now? Mm, good question. We, so we're at 43 people. We're um, quickly approaching 50 and we have a desire to make sure that everyone here at Crema is um, not left behind, that there's intentionality on making sure that people have avenues to grow in whatever yeah. way that looks yeah. and everyone grows differently. And so that means a lot of time, whether it's in one-on-one or just intentionality of working with those individuals to know where they want to go and be a big support on how we're going to get there. So next year for us from an operations standpoint is really looking at the people side of ops and really what does it look like to continue to build a culture that um, has a, just a passion for constant improvement. And with that developing that radical culture of, of that culture of radical feedback Yeah. of 360 feedback. Um, it's a two-way street feedback that goes up to leadership from leadership down um, to where we're and all it's not growing annual. together. It's like and it's not day. annual. It's Every frequent, day. yes, continuous feedback. And so I think that is going to be um, one of the areas. We have several, but that's the one that's kind of top of my mind. Yeah, it's good. Man. All right. Well, all well, right. Let's go get back to our A tasks, I guess. Okay. Maybe we'll fill it in with some B, B tasks. That'd be fun. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. This is fun. See you. Cheers. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Gabby Caton, Julie Branson, and Alexa Alfonso. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.